1: Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Can troubles or problems or sufferings or hunger or nakedness or danger or violent death? But in all these things we have full victory through God who showed his love for us. Romans 8 verses 35 and 37. At church last week we celebrated all souls and remembered our dead unwittingly we had visited a cemetery something we're encouraged to do at this time of the year spooky halloweeny stuff and all that remembering our loved ones visiting graves and columbariums honoring those who have gone before mourning those who have died too soon can be gloomy stuff but it doesn't have to be as paul says to the romans just as nothing can separate us from the love of christ so nothing can separate us from the love we have for our children and the love our parents have or had for us. One of my guests, Laura Weldon, talked about telling family histories, keeping memories alive, weaving traits and characteristics through the generations to fetch up on the doorstep of ourselves or found tucked into the fabric of who our children are. It keeps us connected and it's important to be connected to family. Are you finding the importance of family to be diluted these days? The discouragement of allowing parents in the classroom, the expectations for both parents to go out to work and use after-school care, the ever-increasing role strangers are playing in our lives, the push to move across country for jobs or to find the independence so important for our growth. Isn't family important for our growth? Let's remember that despite all our flaws, we are loved and we can love, first by Christ and second by our family. We'll have full victory through God and pass that victory on to the generations that come after us and be remembered. This is important. Hello, welcome to The Social Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNinney, and I'm here to dispel any preconceived ideas you may have about what educating your children at home may look like. It can be straightforward school or no school at all. It can involve world travel or a comfy seat on the couch, or it can be in pursuit of passions or simply hanging out in a tree, and sometimes it can make us wonder what on earth we're doing For the next few weeks, I'll be talking to mums who have walked through the fire of of compromised income, illness, disappointments of one kind or another, and I hope that we'll all find encouragement and strength from what these women have to offer, and by their presence discover that we're not alone, and that in the end, somehow, we'll be strengthened and heartened from unexpected places. I had my fair share of ups and downs, too, and persevering with homeschooling brought me much joy. I saw the light bulb go on, and was there for turning points in my children's lives, uplifting and some not so uplifting. With God and my family, I've moved in and out of my comfort zones, gained insights and delights along the way, and I'm here to share them with you. I'm broadcasting live today from Lucas, Texas, where it's a little on the chilly side. In fact, I have to admit, I'm sitting on the bed and I've got a blanket blanket wrapped around my legs. It's very cold in the house. After the first break, I'm thrilled to be welcoming back Daniel Evans from Domestic Serenity to offer us hope and grace for our lives as busy mums and grandmums in a world beset with temptations. I'm drinking hot water, as usual, and I'm all set, so grab whatever it is you're drinking and let me engage you with the latest and greatest from the household of the McNennies, where I'm still hyped up from my trip to L.A., Thinking about history, planning a big move, considering the unconventional throwing of pizzas and dangerous diseases. So are you ready? November the 11th is coming up. In fact, it's on Tuesday, to be exact. And in England, it's our Remembrance Day. I missed all the poppies at the Tower of London this year, commemorating the 100th anniversary of the beginning of World War I. I had a grandfather who fought in that war. It's amazing to think of that. He was all of 15. He lied about his age to join in all the excitement. I never knew to ask what he did in the war, and my oldest living relative didn't ask either. So we're left to surmise. I don't want my children surmising. And to that end, I became the family historian with photos and videos. I asked my parents questions, which they answered if it suited them. And I'm writing a memoir and including any photographs that I found from that time. My oldest son has started a new podcast called Deets and Eats, for which I was his first guest, to talk about some of the things I never talked about before. The deets, as in details. Tough tasks since we grew up together. But surprisingly, I did dig up some untold stories He's interested in people's lives, just as I am, and I'm happy he's inherited that facet of my personality. We call November the 11th, going back to Remembrance Day, Poppy Day, hence all the poppies at the Tower. At 11 in the morning, the whole country keeps a two-minute silence, and we're struck profoundly by that. Trucks stop in the streets, pedestrians pause, all broadcasts hush to become a part of a universal show of respect. And these past few weeks, my thoughts have been running amok, and taking control of how I feel. I was thinking of simple statements our children run by us, something like, the plans for building our tiny house have been delayed and we may not be moving as soon as we hoped. Immediately, thought processes click in and run wild. And because we don't have further opportunity to kind of explore what they were talking about, because they too are running in 10 different directions. I spent the next part of the rest of the day, or even the rest of the week, worrying, building calamitous scenario on top of calamitous scenario, until I'm beside myself with worry about our move, their move, the expense of postponement, the possibility of it never happening, the tiny house, the expense of of, not having jobs that offer full benefits so when you take a day off you can get paid for it, leading to the fact that I don't have a job that comes with full benefits either, and on and on and on. By the time the topic came up again, I'd reached worst-case scenario that should never, never have seen the light of day. And and the next time I talked to our children who were oblivious of the demise of their lives courtesy of my active thought patterns, they're over the random comment and everything's fine. So all that thoughtful worrying was for nothing. Let's look at a whole continent doing just that over a disease that entered a couple of months ago, Ebola. It even came to Texas as it came, came here. My blue-eyed cowboy went for his flu shot and the nurse sticking him said, the medical profession, was in a real frenzy because the deadly virus could spiral out of control rapidly. Now, I don't watch a lot of news on TV. In fact, I don't watch any news on TV. And I don't read the newspapers. So I went ahead and went online to look at the history of infectious diseases, just to put Ebola into some kind of perspective. And here's what I found. AIDS claims 1.6 million deaths each year, To date, Ebola has claimed about 5,000. I know that's a lot, but most of it's in those places in Africa. TB claims 1.3 million, pneumonia 1.1 million, children under five, malaria 627,000. I know these are controllable diseases now, although the problem with both malaria and TB are that the germs are becoming increasingly drug resistant. But nevertheless, the frenzy stirred up about Ebola was disconcerting. There have been four cases in America and one death. Be prepared, but not frantic and don't go into panic mode. Keep those thoughts in check because they can damage your health. This is where mindfulness and yoga can come in handy. Controlling our thoughts through repeated prayer that will keep us healthy. We are talking about moving, coordinating our move into our flat with our married son and his wife, since they are moving into a tiny house hopefully soon. They can't take much with them, so we were going to have to spring for another storage unit to accommodate their stuff. As planning well would have it, thanks to my Texan, we have a garage attached to the flat and have decided... Instead of choosing what to move to our new space, we'll take the lot and find a home for it, even if it means leaving the car out in the cold. This plan, although it works well with movers lifting the heavy stuff and lugging it up a flight of stairs, may render my son and his wife without furniture for a time. Well, they'll still have their beds, so they're happy, and of course the kitchen has counters to lean up against and eat. I'm trusting we are working in God's timing that everything will work out just fine. And I'm sure you'll hear from me about how it went. And we're staying at an Airbnb house at the moment. Um, It's a room in a house, beautiful house, Uh, but we're not doing another, an awful lot of cooking. Although we can do a lot of cooking in the kitchen, we all seem to converge at the same time. And so it's kind of better if we either keep things simple or just go out the heavenly the other night though i did want pizza that heavenly smell of yeast and tomatoes and cheese is every bit as important to me as the taste of freshly baked bread i was high on the aroma and my taste buds were getting ready and i'd made a salad to add healthy greens to the italian pie and we were all set it was out of the oven and my cowboy who is precise and careful normally went to cut it in half with the cutter and it slid off the pizza tray and landed face down on the floor and he turned to me and he said i've dropped the whole thing thrown was a more accurate word from my vantage point we couldn't even fake a salvage since no one was there to witness the scene because it was splat on the floor sunny side down we settled for grilled cheese sandwiches that night and now joke about what's for dinner i'll say Let's try tuna on the floor for a change. As we pass the pizza aisle at the grocery store, I can't resist commenting, let's not buy one, it'll only end up on the floor. Or, before cooking one, I'll quip, save some time, throw it on the floor while the oven's heating. It's not only our children who do silly things (laughs) and throw things on the floor. And since my mother-in-law has moved into town, she's experiencing new things like special coffees from Starbucks and a host of new and unique restaurants, plus the ability to easily drive less than a half a mile to all the places she likes to go, the beauty shop, the doctor's office, the grocery store, and her church. Uh, The other weekend, my uh, cowboy and I decided to take her out to a place where she grew up as a child and It was way, way out in the country, and it was kind of killed two birds with one stone because we were ruling out areas to live to. wouldn't want to live that far out. And she was amazed, saying that the old farmhouse seemed smaller than she remembered growing up, of course. We even found her an old-fashioned authentic diner for a grilled cheese sandwich for her lunch. And it looks as though I have to go on a break now. So when I come back, I will have my guest with me. Don't go far.
0: How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNitty, The Sociable Homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Are you fascinated by the
2: stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record, Secrets of, with host Judy Schreiner, is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting. But very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. This is the TogiNet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the
3: world. Welcome to The Quick with Miriam Nicole Huffman, a modern woman's guide to styling her faith, family, and finances. The online radio show dedicated to today's positive, purpose-driven woman who's ready to heal her heart, her head, and her household by realigning with what she values most. If your highest values are faith, family, finances, and freedom, you're in the right place. Host Miriam Nicole Huffman is a woman on a mission. Her mess-to-success journey has taken her from life as an upper middle class stay at home mom to a broke single mom to living a life of joy and wholeness as she builds a thriving business while raising her healthy happy family every week on the quip Miriam Nicole shares her love life legal and lifestyle success secrets whether it's wisdom you're seeking inspiration and motivation from someone who's hit rock bottom and risen to success or you want to know how to fully align your faith family and finances to create more freedom for yourself you're an excellent hands with Miriam Nicole. Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player to the right, or check our recent guests in the blog below. Got a question for Miriam Nicole? Want to be a guest on her show? Email us at thequip at miriamnicolehuffman.com And join us every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Mm -hmm.
0: Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNenney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenney.
1: Returning to my show this afternoon is Danielle Evans, who describes herself as a woman on a journey towards intentional and meaningful living. Danielle is a pastor's wife, and together she and her husband homeschool their five children in central Pennsylvania. Their marriage is a biblically-centered one, their parenting is grace-based, and their home is peace-filled. In true Christian style, Danielle faces the broken nature of her humanity and knows that she's guaranteed to stumble and fall at times. She's the author of Honoring the Rhythm of Rest and writes regularly for Home Educating Family Magazine, The Curriculum Choice, Passionate Homemaking, The Better Mom, and her own blog, Domestic Serenity. Danielle is going to lift us up, inspire us to find God in the Oftentimes, not so perfect moments of our lives, and offer ways to move us through our journey. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much for joining me again today.
4: Thank you so much, Vivian. It's great to be with you again, and I'm looking forward to our time.
1: Well, good, good. Still in Pennsylvania, as the are the leaves changing color, and it's looking beautiful.
4: Yes, it is full blown well- autumn here, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Most of the leaves are almost gone off of the trees, but that means there's plenty for us to rake up.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Do you do something special in your homeschool? I'm going to deviate a little from what we're um, talking about. I was just interested (laughs) because I love fall leaves, and I always want to keep them, you know, preserve Mm -hmm. them. Do you do something special with with fall leaves? Yeah, sometimes we do. In fact, um, and this
4: time my husband did it with our youngest children just the other day and just the same press them between wax paper and Mm -hmm. this time we sprinkled bits of broken crayons around the leaves and then pressed all of that together and then they're hanging up in the windows so lovely at those this morning yeah
1: oh lovely lovely oh that's a great idea um danielle all right you write on your blog in your blog when i'm in sync with my spouse I'm close to my children when we as a family walk together in mutual respect, honor and love for one another, life is bliss. <laughs> now tell me there I know that for most of us, those moments are truly wonderful. But those moments don't always happen. There are seasons in our lives when things aren't going quite as well as we had hoped. Mm-hmm. Tell me about some of the difficult times in your life as a homeschooling mother and how you dealt with it with your, with your husband, with your family.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, certainly that is a statement that reflects different moments of life and different Mm -hmm. seasons of life when things are really going well, but we have faced um, definitely difficult times right alongside of the good times. Um, Mm -hmm. I think some of the ones that are highlights of just, let's say, maybe the past five or six years of just really, truly difficult times would be like illnesses within pregnancy where much of my pregnancy I was not feeling well and not able to care for the home and family like I normally would. We've had family crises. Um, we have recently had a ministry crisis that was unexpected. And then there were just things that were happy and good, like um, a home renovation, but that just brought along extra stress to the household. Um, so life is not always bliss here in our home. No. We, we look forward to trying to um, – Just navigate those seasons well and uh, not lose who we are as a family and who I am as a homeschooling mom in the middle of that. I'm not too sure if that makes sense, but that's kind of my ultimate goal to just, on the other side of it, I want us to come out well, you know, on the other side of the crisis.
1: Yeah. And there, there are times, though, I'm sure, when you were really sick during one or two of your pregnancies that... You weren't thinking that way because when you get really, really ill, you can't think rationally. It's it's Mm -hmm. on. You're hoping that your what you've done before and what comes afterwards will be. Well, I don't know. It it will work well because you've not lived a frantic, um, crazy life where you've not looked after yourself, not looked after your emotions, not. Um, done your prayer um, with with the Lord, mm-hmm. and so these bad these these moments when it's really difficult, can you can get completely lost in there, but still be able to come out the other side, um, without losing too much. So yeah. tell us about when you were actually ill, and did you have to go into hospital, where you were able to stay at home with the, with your family? How did that work?
4: Yes. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't have to be hospitalized for a long time. They were in and out of the hospital, but definitely uh, each of my pregnancies I've had, um, I have five children, and each of those pregnancies have been difficult, Mm -hmm. and so for the last couple of them they were a little bit more difficult, but we could kind of anticipate that what the season might look like if, you know, my body didn't react differently. And definitely homeschooling changed in that season. We had to. We had to adjust to the fact that I was home and I was able to be up and about a little bit, but drastic change in energy levels, drastic change in ability to run the home and and do the things that we needed to do. So I honestly have to say it became a family affair. Now, some of my children were younger, so they're not necessarily involved in it. But the kids that were older and definitely with my spouse, it became – a family affair to say, how are we going to make it through this season? Mm-hmm. And I think for any mom who or any family who's going through a crisis, it's not solely mom's responsibility to figure it all out, or at least it shouldn't be. It mm-hmm. should be a togetherness um, with the spouse or with friends or with whoever the support system is. I know there are several single-parent homeschooling families. And um, so whoever the support system is to come together to figure out how are we going to work this out. For us, we, we changed our homeschooling um, workload and, and and cut it back to the very basics and the very core of, like, math and reading and, and those, those core subjects. And we got some help and accepted some help um, from family and friends and, and church family. And that was humbling, but it was needed. And so mm-hmm. that's just something I needed to do and was very grateful for. And we just... Changed the expectations of what those days would look like until we got through that
1: season. And your husband is a pastor, and you say sometimes he travels. Was he able to take charge of his traveling schedule when you needed him there in the home? Yes, sometimes yeah.
4: he is. Um, well, at the time he was a bivocational pastor. He's he's a little bit more full time now, so he worked in some educational consulting, and then he was also a pastor in our congregation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he did have some freedom, but some things were already, you know, booked and locked in with a team that he was working with, so he didn't have a lot of um, say in changing that schedule. Mm -hmm. But again, we could plan a little bit ahead of time and anticipate that. And the help that we were receiving, we booked it around that time, those critical Mm -hmm. times when I knew I would be alone in the household for two three days, you know, with the kids or three or four days alone and accepted the most help when I would be by myself.
1: Right. Do you have family near you?
4: We don't. The closest family, well, I, I should not say they're not near at all. The closest family is probably about an hour and a half to two hours away. Mm-hmm. And and so during those times we really depended on the network of friends and church family that we had made. And I think that's so important to have those connections. Some people do have family members that are close by, but um, to be open to building connections um, for that so that we can be that for one another, be there for someone else who might be in crisis or in need, and then allow them to be in that place for us. So we have a great support and network system like that. Right. Great.
1: So what you're, you're saying is be prepared. You were already prepared, your first pregnancy. And if you were sick for your first or your second pregnancy without preparation, then Mm -hmm. it would take a a different kind of a toll. But by Mm -hmm. now, on your last two pregnancies, you were already, you know, well, gosh, you know, there's a chance that I may get really sick. So you knew what it was going to look like. So you were well prepared and you were well um, supported Mm -hmm. and obviously wise enough to accept the help, which is something that a lot of people do steer away from, they, can't, they, they find it very difficult to accept help. So sure. Danielle, you know, saying that accepting help is a, is a very large part of being able to get through some of these times. Um, you, you talk about your husband sometimes traveled um for a couple of days and Mm -hmm. i know that traveling and not having that other person there even if it's for a short time and even when you're feeling well Mm -hmm. there's a disruption that occurs in the in the household so tell us a little bit about how you how you um handled those times
4: yes yes and i know that's a reality for many families um for all different kinds of reasons where there's just um especially for homeschooling families. I I know of several where mom is at home with the kids, and and dad has a schedule that just needs to be in and out. And that was our reality for about 12 years. So um, we got a Mm -hmm. lot of experience in not doing it well and then also trying to do it better. I would say um, a couple practical things for just keeping, I think keeping the family connected is very important during those times. And with Mm -hmm. the availability of all different kinds of technology, and everything. There there are many ways to try to do that. Um, To keep in touch, you know, with my husband while he was away was really important to me and the kids. And sometimes that was different because we was in different time zones or, you know, we weren't able to always have lengthy conversations. But there were emails or Skype or or those kinds of things. Um, I noticed that my attitude set the tone for the kids. Mm -hmm. So if I was all grumbling and complaining about here I am by myself, and sometimes I did have those days where mm-hmm. that was, you know, just the feeling, then it set a different tone among the kids, and they were grumpy, and we were just not in a good place. But if I could um, change that tone a little bit in my attitude, it affected how we made made it through our days. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, my husband was going to work. He wasn't going on a vacation without yeah. us. He was going off and doing his work that yeah. we believe God had called him to do. So... We wanted to celebrate that. Um, And then there were simple, practical things that I did. Before a trip, I always made sure, you know, we were stocked on groceries. or
1: Danielle, I'm afraid we have to go on a really short break. When we get back, I'll remember exactly where we were and you can continue. Exactly. Thank Mm -hmm. you.
0: How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNitty, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these.
2: This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge.
0: Show me the money! Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on TogiNet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice pam believes investing isn't rocket science this is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals securities and advisory services are offered through lpl financial member finra sipc it's intelligent investing with pam otten on togynet
2: this is god in country the collision of faith and politics hosted by nationally known speaker reverend dr sean michael greener Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, This, Ninja Pastor, tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with a pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener, every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network.
0: Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNenney. The show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginek. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenney
1: Daniel, just before we went on break, you were describing how you prepared for when your husband was going to be out of town. And you talked about communication, how important it was for um, all of you to keep in touch with your husband wherever he was, even if he was in a different time zone. There's so much opportunity to be able to do that. And then you were going to be talking about um, stocking up on groceries so you didn't have to go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So carry, carry on from there.
4: Yeah, sure, and I I just think that was that was helpful. So I didn't have yeah. to worry about shopping with young ones. Um, I simplified our meal times. Any of our routines, I tried to simplify them as much as possible. And yeah. meal times were literally very simple. Sometimes we just throw a blanket on the floor and have a picnic of sandwiches and you know some apples mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. and just make it as fun and different and um, even entertaining a little bit for the kids as possible. Um, that list of helpers, like I would often have a list of people that I could call because inevitably something would go wrong while my husband was away, you know, the air conditioning would go out or something would happen to the washer or whatever. And, um, and then I think, yeah, I would just say, take it easy, take it easy on yourself. Um, doing it all alone, especially when you're not used to doing that is a stress. So to take it easy where you can. Yeah. and, And I tried to do that as much as possible.
1: Well, and you have some older children now. Um, it, I think you're. Te- are you teaching eleventh grade this year? To some to one of your children.
4: Yes. 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 Now those little ones have grown up through the years, and now yes. they're a little bit older, and it's a different dynamic in the household. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know that with older children, we've encouraged them because we're we're working with them right from the start with our uh, with our family culture, our ethics, our our faith, and encouraging them to question and find their own ways mm-hmm. so how do you how do you react when a child all of a sudden says well you know I've been thinking this way and perhaps um, I'm not quite in line with the way you and dad are viewing certain may- maybe faith values or mm-hmm. they've got other friends or they've seen things in magazines or on television how do you How do you talk to them about that? How do you encourage them to spread their wings and question and experiment? But when do you know when to pull them back a little bit? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: That's a really good question. Um, I think with child number two, I probably have done better than Mm -hmm. child number one. And I think the thing that I learned, two things probably, would be, um, and I'm still trying to practice, is first of all, not to be alarmed, you know, Mm -hmm. not be so overwhelmingly shocked that they would be asking any kind of question that's different. I think it's a good – I've learned to embrace it as a good process, Mm -hmm. that, in fact, the reality that they're coming to me and asking me those questions is a good sign that they trust our relationship, they want to hear what I have to say. It could be that they didn't tell us anything or ask us anything. So Mm -hmm. I tried not to be – I'm trying not to be – too alarmed if those those kinds of things happen, and then to not take it personally. Um, that there is a process that I think children go through, and I think we all go through at different phases of life that we're just kind of wrestling with something, and the wrestling is not wrong. It's it's you know you want them to come out on the other side feeling solid about probably what we have taught them. But the wrestling part of it is not necessarily wrong. And we see that in Scripture. We see people who wrestled with what God told them or wrestled with, you know, different directions he was taking their, their lives. Mm-hmm. So the wrestling part of it is not wrong. We just want to come out on the other side okay, you know, and, and that's what the hope for our kids. So try not to be alarmed and not to take it too personally would be my two biggest things that
1: I'm gleaning from mm-hmm. this season. That's, that's interesting because I my children tell both my husband and I, everything and we sometimes we think oh they're giving us too much information here because i don't want to as you say be alarmed or uh, show something on my face that makes them pull back because they may pull back completely right. and not say anything at all so you know, the telephone helps a little bit because they can't see okay. your facial reactions. And my husband and I will be looking over at each other, and we'll we'll be going, oh, we'll be making faces at one another. But our voices will be, <laughs> you know, and uh, let her, let let them continue with what they're telling us. But you know, yes, that's that's really interesting, and it is a way. As long as as long as they're not going to do something that's really dangerous to their health, I think yeah. you know that.
4: So. um and I think that's what I would say, too. If, if my child is coming to me and telling me of something that has happened or they're thinking about doing that, needs immediate action, mm-hmm. um, if, if they're in danger or they've done something, um, you know, that's, that's really uh, not helpful for them or a situation that needs attention right away, then, of course, I think as parents, and, and depending on the child's age, but if they're still in our home and still in those teenage years, we, we anticipate stepping in. Um, mm-hmm. If they're just wrestling, talking through things, questioning, that's a different story than if they've taken action or about to take action mm-hmm. on something that would not be good for
1: them at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and all your children are still at home? Um, I have one who's out of the home and I have four who are still at home. Okay. Right okay. Uh, so, so you obviously your husband's a pastor, so I would imagine that you go to church as a family. Mm-hmm. Yes. -hmm. What if one of your children says, I don't want to go to church today?
4: (laughs) Well, we, we have probably had that, um, so far, I have to say, I think we don't talk a lot about the expectations, you know, in our, even in homeschooling, we don't do this a lot of, um, this is what you have to do. I think we just embrace it as this is what we do. Like we don't, we don't talk about this is, you need to go to church. You need to be doing these things. It's just, we live it out, and I think that speaks to the expectation. We, we speak our expectations out in just the living. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's more of instead of making a list of the do's and don'ts, we live those things out. And I have found, I'm not saying it's you know a perfect parenting formula for anybody else, but I have found that the children pick up on that, and if they see us excited, joyful, or whatever about whatever we are doing, They usually follow in in that. Now, again, as they get a little bit older, they may, you know, question or whatever. But so far, that's been been true. Um, So we try not to harp on anything, whether it's in our church work or in our um, family life, in our um, homeschooling. It's just, uh, well, this is what we do. And then, of course, there's a child who's like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. Mm -hmm. And we may talk about it. You know, it all depends on where it's stemming from. Um, if they're just whining and complaining, then sometimes we just kind of put an end to that and nudge that child forward. But, you know, maybe they're tired that day. I mean, you know, everybody has bad days. Everybody has days they don't feel like doing what they have to do. Um, and we just try to make space for that, That that's okay. And sometimes I'll just tell them, hey, I, I understand. Sometimes I don't feel like going or doing that or attending this, but this is what we need to do. So how can we get up and do it, you know, with the best attitude that we can?
1: Yes, and we pray by being constant throughout their lives while they're with us, that when they do leave home that they they will continue along that same path. Although sure. right. I know that a lot of um a lot of children don't because I didn't. I I wanted, you know, once I was freed per se. And I don't really think that's a very good word because it feels as though they're restricted. But I think children do feel a little bit of that, that Mm -hmm. now they can, you know, especially if they have their own place to live so they can make their own decorating choices, they can make their own food choices, Mm -hmm. they can Mm -hmm. make their own getting up, although work interferes with that, you know, choices. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is going to be that little bit of a transition. and, uh,
4: And I do think children are making that all along the way. Mm-hmm. And we can see that in our toddlers. You can see it in different phases of childhood. And so sometimes I think we're anticipating those teen years or later teen years, um, early young adult life, to be that time when they come upon this big transition they need to make. Mm-hmm. And um, if we set ourselves up in our parenting and maybe even our children up with that kind of thought, and, I, and I've I've been prone to do that before, I, I, it just makes it a little harder. You just start to fear that season, when really and truly, though it was a little bit easier to parent them, they were doing that all along. You know, they're making the transition around two years old. They're making the transition when they start leaving the early elementary years. Um, they're just making the transitions all along. And I think we, I try to just pray for a spirit to just embrace it all as part of the process. It doesn't mean that it's always easy, and, mm-hmm. it's, and it's not, but it, it does help it does help to have a an attitude of seeing it all as part of the process
1: and living out your life being or showing your children how you live and how and how it works mm-hmm. i mean the the 10 commandments aren't there to cramp our style they're there to keep us away from the consequences of that behavior and how it changes and affects our lives and our families and our friends and our jobs and everything around us and so living that out as you say walking the talk it mm-hmm. becomes part of your family culture and the children will always remember those times as gosh those were you know tra- tranquil to in a way comforting uh, even though there was some disruptions good feelings good feelings yeah. about those yeah. times
4: that's my that's yeah. my hope i think uh, yeah a wise yeah. wise woman one time told me she said always remember that relationships are just most important they come first mm-hmm. and so i think if you invest in that as much as you can as, as well as you can as a family there will be there will be payments for that so you know a child may go up and down or you may have up and down in family life with crises or transitions that you need to make but on the other end you hope that your relationships are intact and that's important
1: Yes, relationships are very important and relationships within uh, the siblings too. There are going to be some that get on better with others, but in general that feeling of togetherness and with with both sharing the same parents and you know it's just so strong. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And food <laughs> food is a big thing the kitchen is our big place we have just a little bit um of time before we go on our next break and danielle and i'd like to talk to you when we come back about um how, what you what what is happening in your life today mm-hmm. and also where we can go and and find you online so uh yeah i was i was thinking about the kitchen always that you know something goes wrong in our household and we will converge in the kitchen and we cook yeah. something together yeah and and that that's just great. irons everything out it's just wonderful that's great. yeah that's great.
4: it's good to have those traditions or rhythms or things that just kind of hold everybody together and everybody can find peace in that
1: that's right i'll be back in just a moment with danielle
0: How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNitty, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Have you ever
3: wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk.
2: This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge.
3: Uh, Do you want to get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your High on Life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern,
0: Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNenney. the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenney.
1: All right, Danielle, with your growing family, you're entering a new phase in your life. Tell us a little bit about what's going on. Yes, and I think that's a very
4: good way to put it. It's a new phase for all of us. And I mentioned a little bit earlier, the kids are just older. Um, The youngest is five now, and that's still fairly young, but we're out of the babyhood and toddlerhood years and well-planted into preschool and and kindergarten, you know, and and up. And Mm -hmm. over the next few years, I I just anticipate that it will just be very different um, than having, you know, the babies, and the little ones running around. So it's, it's a different season even in our homeschooling, um, and it's good. For me, this is the first time that I've had days away from the home during the week on a regular basis. There's about a day and a half to two days a week that I'm away from the home. So we needed to figure out a new rhythm and schedule. Fortunately, my husband has been available to step in for some of that time, and we just have some some help that comes in. But um, – that's just been different in our homeschooling, different for the kids, different for me, and having to find a new rhythm as a family uh, was a bit of a challenge, honestly, but I think we've settled down. <laughs> I think we're we're into that groove of understanding what our weeks kind of look like and what the expectation is, you know, for how we're going to live this life out and, and hold our family rhythms and routines together that are important to us but then make the changes that we needed to make. Mm-hmm.
1: So how does that how does it feel for you, being out of the house and maybe around other people, a couple of days a week?
4: Yeah, well, it's it's had two uh, interesting effects. First, I, I have felt just first I felt I think a little torn from the home, like what you mm-hmm. know I'm used to being here and handing over the reins a little bit to my spouse was um, a good thing, but it was kind of funny because I didn't realize how in charge of my domain, I felt, you know, until I had to hand it over a little bit. And and he does well with it, but, of course, he does it differently than Mm -hmm. I do. So it's been a good experience for the kids. It's been a good experience for us. Um, And then to be, I I remember when I used to have lots of little ones around, and I would just think, oh, if I could just be, you know, with other adults and have adult conversation during the day and and, and all of those things, I would just, you know, I kind of, longed for that maybe in in different seasons of life. And now that that's happening, I think it's funny. I enjoy it. But then I miss the kids. <laughs> yes. Know? So, so um, it, it just had a funny effect. Overall, it's honestly working really well. Um, okay. It's just what we need to do in this season. And we really took time to talk to the kids and talk as a family as to why this new vision, why we're doing what we're doing. And that helped everybody to be on board together.
1: And, Daniel, tell, tell us where we can find you online.
4: Sure, yes. Um, I mainly blog at my own space online at org, and that's my main space for just talking about family and life and some homeschooling too. And then I share in various places around the web. Um, so I might pop up here or there. You never know.
1: All right. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. And for, oh, calming a lot of very frantic listeners i'm sure with your wonderful your wonderful voice your wonderful oh outlook on life and you're so right that the tone your tone sets the tone for the rest of the household, and your turn today has has set a really lovely um, tone for my show and for my listeners. I thank you for that. I've been talking to Danielle Evans, a pastor's wife and writer who shares the homeschooling of their five children in central Pennsylvania with her husband. Danielle is a woman on a journey towards intentional and meaningful living. She's been encouraging us today to live with grace in our Christ-centered homes and to face the ups and downs by stopping and resting and taking care of yourself and praying and remembering that in my words, anyway, each cloud does have a silver lining. You come through the other side with a strength. Danielle is the author of Honoring the Rhythm of Rest, which you can find on her website, domesticserenity.org, which I have linked on my site, The Social Homeschooler, and my tokenet Show page. So go and pay her a visit. She's always pleased to hear from you. Danielle, thank you so much for lifting us up, inspiring us and sharing your stories today. It's always a joy talking to you.
4: Thank you so much. And I just appreciate your invitation to be a part. Thank you.
1: You have a wonderful weekend.
4: Okay. Thank you, Vivian. Bye. Bye bye.
1: Well, Danielle is always so peaceful. I had her on the show once and had her help us through um, some prayers and some meditations. And she shares some of her favorite scripture with us. And go onto my site and type her name in there, and you'll find her other shows. And she's spoken uh, about. Christmas or New Year one time with me too and uh, last week i don't suppose i need to tell anybody this because you all real already realize it now but the clocks fell back okay. and it completely snuck up on us. As I mentioned earlier, we spent we had spent most of the day with my mother-in-law, who's really good about keeping us up with news and weather, but she said nothing about the time change. And we decided to go out for breakfast, and we left the house, my blue-eyed cowboy and I, at about ten thirty in the morning. And on the way, I noticed that the little church that we'd been to um, still had its big sign up advertising church was going on at 10 o'clock in the morning and I glanced at the car clock <clears throat> and it said eleven thirty-five. and I thought wow they must have run really late this week because service as I said was at 10 o'clock and we needed to wait for our table at the little breakfast place that we went to went forward they were very busy we waited for about 30 minutes and then we waited for about 20 minutes for our food and because I don't wear a watch I looked over at uh, my cowboy and I said well, we have, how long have we been here? About an hour. And he looked at his watch and he said, "No, we've been here two hours." And I said, "No, we haven't been. I don't wear a watch, so I have a feel for time." I said, "We haven't been here for two hours." So I looked at my phone and it said eleven fifteen. His watch said twelve fifteen. So I immediately said, "Oh, there's something wrong with your watch." And he said, "No, nothing wrong with my watch." And I said, "Did the clocks go back?" And it seemed a little bit late. It was November the first or second, and. I thought, well, I haven't turned my clock back yet this year, so maybe that was it. So I checked online to see when the clocks went back, and sure enough, it did. And nobody told us. And all the clocks in the house that we were living in here had changed, so there was no knowing. There weren't any analog clocks up that were shouting an hour earlier at us. But I better not – it's fine, because we would have just been early um, wherever we went – but I need to make a note in my diary about springing forward because I'd be late if I didn't realize that the clocks had gone forward. And I was looking through some of our photographs. I love I love my iPhoto on my computer for my blogs and saw some of our the trip to California. And we were busy. We did a lot. We did a tour. I told you a little bit last week about what we were doing. We did a tour of the Warner Brothers lot. One morning, and my son Ian, who works nights 12 to 8, just decided instead of going straight home to bed that he would come and meet us at the studio and take the tour as well. And we were told by our tour guide how the Warner Brothers used everything on the lot themselves to save them from having to rent space outside their lot for example there's a gas station on the lot that they use for their own vehicles but it becomes a mechanic shop from the 50s with just a little bit of imagination then there's a large building which is a big office building but it does time as a hospital by simply parking an ambulance in the driveway or as a university by adding huddles of students around and streets can be changed up too. shop fronts can be dressed the outside staircases of one lot was transformed into a Spider Man set, a scene from Newsies and a scene from Annie. It was amazing just to see that that one set. And it's all part of the deception that makes movie making so exciting. The studio was celebrating its seventy fifth anniversary of Batman, and so there were the Mobiles on show. A must for the boys, and the coffee shop from Friends was there, moved into its own space for exhibition purposes because they're no longer filming it, and we sat and had our photos taken on the couch in Central Perk. And, of course, a visit to L.A. would not be a visit to L.A. without going to a taping, and Ian had a friend who got us into the fourth episode, I think it was, of Christella, set in Dallas, I might add, and we were there for four hours while they recorded this, what, 45 minute show and we found out that the live audience were the most important feature of a sitcom because when a joke falls flat on its face and none of us laugh the writers rewrite until they can get a laugh from the studio audience the best part of this taping i have to say was the entertainment before between and after takes the man was a stand-up comic and he was absolutely hilarious He had me chuckling, and apparently, I'm a hard laugh. Gosh, he worked really hard to keep us entertained and was as fresh at the end as he had been at the beginning. And I also went to Beverly Hills, didn't see much around there, there were too many high walls. The streets were immaculate, tall trees. Ro- walked down Rodeo Drive, empty, hardly anyone shopping, and went to the beach at Santa Monica. And because it was Saturday, it was full. There were yachts on the placid surface of the ocean and the prettiest houses sitting right on the edge of the beach. I wondered what the early explorers thought when they first saw the sea and realized that they were at the edge of the continent, how they felt as they walked along those beaches. I like to feel that connection. On our return from California which was last week, we were launched straight into my Bird Flying Little Family's fundraiser to help them build a facility for their birds once they move out of their normal-sized apartment into a not-so-normal-but-all-the-rage-style house. It was thrown at the gym where they rock climb and their restaurant owners, where they work, provided all the food, and they bought some barrels of beer, and we made baked goods to sell and there were a lot of items for the silent auction that they had, and they brought with them three birds for the evening: an American kestrel named Smog, the screech owl Pigwidgeon, whom I had breakfast with this week. I had eggs; he had a mouse, and the hawk Saphira. They visited the rock climbing area the birds did throughout the evening to meet their audience. All but the hawk couldn't bring her out, so she took questions from the doorway. We were there for five hours. And I also decided by watching that there were a few climbing walls I could attempt. My first try had been bouldering, and there was no way I could climb horizontally. So I was rather resigned to the fact that rock climbing wasn't for me until I saw all ages just climbing straight up. I could do that climbing up, not along. Appeals to the goat in me. And that's it for another week. This weekend, we're going to be doing some more ruling out of places to live. Well, we may even head out to Waxahachie or down towards Austin. Who knows? Another trip to the Studio Movie Grill may be fun, especially with the assistance of Groupon, my new favorite place to go. We went for $5 apiece last week. What a deal. Thank you for listening to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny, and I'll be back same time, same place next Friday afternoon. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief, the hard-working staff at Tokenet Radio, my producer Casey, my returning guest this week, Danielle Evans, and you, my faithful listeners especially, Hannah, Joel, Anne, Rosemary, Kathleen, Esme, Millicent, Margaret, Jacob Walter, Jane, Olivia, Tina, and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience. Stay tuned all the time to net and catch lots of great shows to help you through your day. Take care and be safe. Go forth in peace, for you follow the good road. Go forth without fear, for he who created you has sanctified you, has always protected you, and loves you as a mother. Blessed be God for having created us. Do, 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 and I will snuggle and warm on my bed and I need to go out now. So see you next week. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vinny.